I think different faiths are dating all the time. I mean, let's, I'm not spearheading the multi-faith dating situation. Right. I mean, let's, I mean, come on. I mean, so that's number one. All right. And You're not going to launch a dating site that's uh, designed around interfaith relationships. No, I mean, I, I, I mean, I think here's the thing. It's, I mean, isn't that just a regular dating site? I don't know. Pin of dates. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I mean, I always say Pinadates.com. You heard it here first. you know, so I think we're your one-stop shop. This is Crossing Fades, the podcast featuring a Christian and a Muslim talking religion and politics. Your Crossing Fades co-hosts are me, Matt Hawkins, a once policy director for the Southern Baptist Convention, and my friend John Pinna, former director of government and international relations of the American Islamic Congress. John joins me now out of our multiple worldwide studios from upstate New York. John, how's it going? It's going well. How you doing? But okay. you know, it was it was a t- tumultuous holiday season. So I know it's like the tw- it's or mid mid January, but uh-huh. I know that you party pretty hard for you know the Jesus birthday and then New Year's. That's right. Nowhere to be found. Absolutely. Yeah, we so. we, che- we got to check out you know a couple weeks uh, between you know Christmas and New Year's. We Christians. Yeah, we we don't well, do we don't do much of anything, especially late December. You know, I had, work-wise. I had a, I, I had a great I had a great Christmas. So like I my parents like ditched me. <laughs> so I came up to like to spend the holiday and when I arrived, they were they had taken a car they had gone up to, to upstate New York. They had yeah. gone up to Utica. So uh-huh. I had uh I had Chinese food. <laughs> And watch TV, which was well, it was a joyous. I'll be that's honest, a good, it was a that's a good American tradition. Chinese food very, over Christmas. It was a very joyous because it was one of those things where I had the whole house to myself and I go, okay, all right, okay. So, you know, John, so what, was, what is your takeout Chinese food preference? It's you know, so what's your go-to? It vacillates with the soup situation, but uh-huh. you know that that uh, you know I'll get in when I want to be healthy. I'll get some kind of uh, vegetable noodle situation, uh-huh. but most of the time it's egg drop soup. Yeah. And, uh, and then the house special fried rice. Nice. Um, and every once in a while, you know, we, we, we have the, you know, there's, there's, you know, the Chinese are the only people that make halal pork. So right. as you well know, <laughs> I mean, and as our listeners, know. well, that's so, my, that's my go-to is the halal pork lo mein. Really, really. Typically so, spicy unless I have to share it with my uh, three-year-old. Really? Okay. I mean, <laughs> you know, like the soup with those noodles, you know, I, I mean, those noodles are so simple. Those Chinese yeah. noodles, the ones that are the crunchy ones. But, I mean, if you don't get enough noodles and if you don't get chopsticks, it's a hate crime. You know, I mean, you they, they should automatically put that in the bag and they should always put two with one extra. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, so I get I get the house special fried rice. I get the egg drop soup. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's a – and then I, I get like a dumpling situation. Yeah. Um, so you I just get, get like sort dumplings. of three – you know, sort of apps. And every once in a while, I'll, I'll go down like a, I, I, and I always regret it. I'll, I'll go right to the entree <laughs> section. There's never, I've never gotten an entree that I haven't regretted. Like, oh, that sounds, that sounds, oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah. And then before I know it, I'm like, I should have just skipped the middleman and just put it right in the toilet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you go with the entree, it's good to ask for the, like the sauce on the side. They, they frequently oversauce the stuff we find. Well, yeah, they're very, you know, sometimes sauce is too sweet. Sometimes it's this, sometimes it's that. Well, sometimes I don't it's know. just too much of it. Yeah, if you find, and like you know. the lo mein. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, the lo mein is delicious. I mean, it's, but I'm always trying to, I'm always trying to hedge. I'm trying to, I said, well, maybe I could, let me, like our multi-faith engagement. Maybe I should try the pancake. What's, who, everybody raves about the pancake. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, okay, let's, 
So I got the pancake the last time. It was it was okay, but you know there was a it was a little dry, and the the sauce didn't seem like it went with it. It seemed like yeah. it was an afterthought, you know. Yeah. We used to always, in when we were in D.C., there's a place in Arlington, in Boston neighborhood that was fantastic, and they had a separate like Chinese menu. They had the the standard English menu, and then there was a Chinese language menu with pictures. Oh, well, and, that goes and, with, yeah, right. That's the and once you discovered question. that. We ordered off of that all the time. And the recipes yeah. are different. You had yeah. to clarify which menu we were on, but the recipes were different. And the Chinese language menu was far, far better than the English language menu. Well, there's a place in D.C. on K Street called the Sichuan Palace. Sichuan's not spelled right. So, you know, it's, so it's right off the bat, you know, it's good. You know, you're like, okay, all right, Sichuan's not spelled right. Okay, our go-to go was, was Hunan Gate over on Boston. It was like on Fairfax Drive. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the yes, that's one palace. They you came in and they were a little upset that you were there. They were like customers, <laughs> you know. They were really upset. They were like, Ugh. you know. And then you know, you go in. They serve. They put the tea. You know, if you don't open up the teapot because it's, not, it's not clean. You know, it's not clean. And then, uh, but uh, but the food was delicious. And uh -huh. like, if you're, it's like K. You know, right near on that block. That's. Uh, um, where Farragut Square is, you know, yeah. it's on, but it's on K. I don't think I ever ate there, but I know, I, I, I'm sure I passed it. Yeah. It's just one of those places that has, you know, it's, it's, you know, old school Chinese style. They got curtains in the windows. Yeah. You, you know, in a glass building. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, you know, it's, it's, it's nice, you know, yeah. it's classy. And then you, you rock in there and like you're, you won't be, you don't count on the service, you know, like they're, you know, that's kind of hit or miss, yeah, but that's hit or miss, sure. for a good Chinese place. And, uh, but the food is delicious and it's, you know, you're, you, you, you know, it, it's where I, you know, a lot of the, the, you know, Chinese Americans go, you know, so, and then, and you know, it's good when, when the, when the buses come. Right. <laughs> the bus so like, folks get off. Yeah, there's lots of buses <laughs> that pull off and like, and like unload, you know, people yeah. disembarking and, uh, and it's all, you know, there's the Chinese, um, tourists. Uh -huh. So you know, like they, they like block out whole sections of that place. So it's, it's just delicious. So yeah, that's the, that's the place. And then that's right by my house is a place called one fish, two fish and one fish, two fish was hit or miss. Clever. Yeah. I like the name. I know. <laughs> I little nod to Dr. Seuss. I like it. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, um, have you had so the I, fish? Is it good? It, you know, it was, it, you know, one fish, two fish was, a, it's good for, it was good, solid, you know, staple Chinese, like right. get the lo mein, get the, get the house special fried rice, yeah. get the soups. If you're gonna if you're gonna venture out, you know you 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 know you're it, it's a block away from it was was a block away from my house yeah. and in the same radius was was the George George uh, Washington Hospital so <laughs> you could you know you just you're going you'd for convenience <laughs> yeah yeah you you know you convenient you, comfort food with the hospital backup <laughs> well like I said if you went for the staples you're fine but if you started to veer into something exotic it could be treacherous. <laughs> So, you know, it is what it is. So, so, um, so we were, we were talking before we got uh, recording about ventures in trying to smuggle food in through DC based uh, security checkpoints. <laughs> it, Ch Chinese, Chinese noodles and soup are a little more difficult, but, uh, but I know you seem to find some success in getting sandwiches through, right? I never had a, I never <laughs> a problem. So yeah, our conversation was about 80% of the time that you and I interacted in DC or anybody's that's a high percentage. That's a lot of times. 
I always have a pocket burger in my in my suit pocket, pocket burger. My right pocket. I always have a pocket burger, and I've you know, I, and I've never done it with you, but I've known to pull out the burger in the middle of a conversation because you know I just get hungry, and so uh, this you know, I never witnessed. You you never witnessed it. That's true. Yeah, I, that's I I mean I, I can't re- recall an incident where an instance where we did it where where I because we weren't when we we would meet offline at for lunch. So yeah. um, most of the time. And then the, the round table back in the day, I don't know. I mean, I'm just trying to think of when it was. It, was, it wasn't as frequent as it is now. So, yeah. so um, it was like every two months. Uh, so, um, but a, uh, yeah. It and, amazes me that you were successful. Like uh, I remember getting, the, my, my, I guess the problem was I went through, I was there for meetings, but I went through the, uh, the main entrance to the Capitol Visitor Center. And they're a little more strict about what people can bring in. There's no way. And, you, yeah. Yeah. I, no, no, I, no, no, no. I got taught, I got not tossed out, but I, I was uh, prohibited from taking a banana inside the Capitol Visitor Center. Yeah. I would. A banana. Yeah, no, you, well, yeah, you can't. Yeah, wonder, no, the Visitor Center is very, very tight. I mean, I remember oh, going in there with, with one of my babkas uh-huh. and I had to leave it with the, the Air Force desk. Was, because, it, a, was it a diplomacy babka? Babka Diplomacy, so I don't know if we've had this conversation before. We have, but you can but, repeat it. It was long ago. So my whole thing with Israel and the, and the Israelis is they just need to start with Babka Diplomacy. They just – that's my thing. So Babka is a sweet bread. Uh-huh. It's uh, made famous, I think, because of uh, – us New Yorkers know, know what it is. It's a it's a, a Jewish, Jewish – Russian-Jewish baked good. It's a sweet bread where they – proof up the bread and then fold in chocolate and then keep folding in the chocolate and then bake it. Uh And, uh, you know, it's, it's a communal type of thing where you, you're supposed to, after you you put it on the table and of course you have some coffee and some tea and then you're you're supposed to pick from the top. Right. Uh, and, um, and so it's, so everybody takes a piece of it and I, it's a communal kind of experience, not, it's kind of more than just a breakfast food. Yeah. So I used to bring babka whenever I came from New York, wherever I was going. So, I used to go to. I, the only I remember them them probing it at at Ike Building <laughs> during the Obama administration. I was bringing it to uh, to a guy named Paul Montero, and as a, a meeting up there when we were doing some DC engagement for for American Islamic Congress, and uh, and I just remember the security being dumbfounded by it. <laughs> just they were just it, and I. You do I, understand, I, John? It is odd. Well, it, it, it's odd that a Muslim would be walking around with a loaf of bread. And then you walk in and they start doing it. And then I started hitting them. I'm like, oh, I, they, so they started, you know, using this, those steel rods and they're like, well, we have to see something make sure there's nothing in this. And I go, well, you're, you're, you know, you're, aren't you doing the x-ray and all this other stuff? And I'm uh-huh. like, the, you know, and then, and then I called them out. I said, I think this is anti-Semitic, you know, like, and, then, and it made everybody uncomfortable. And, uh, but, and then, and then, but it was really funny because, you know, I, I always am trying to bring these things, you know, weird, strange, strange things in, but yeah. I always, I always have a I always have a burger in my pocket, and I've never had a problem getting it through security, because um, I just take my jacket off, as most of us do. Load up the jackets, throw it through the the, the machine, and then you come out on the other side, and they're like, okay, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it's um, you know, I, I, I don't know. You're, you're, I mean, I I'm always it's like you got a tapeworm or something, you know. It's almost uh, <laughs> I'm just always hungry. It's like right now, it's we just had lunch. It's twelve right. twenty five. Uh huh. You're thinking about dinner. That's all right. I'm like, I'm like, I don't, I don't even know what we're doing, but we better have something planned. 
So have you, you know, ever, have you ever had anything confiscated at a DC security checkpoint? I mean, I feel like if I talk too much about it, I'm gonna. It's gonna. I'll be honest. I don't want like, to go into treacherous territory. I just, I have my own story. What really? So okay. So you're teeing yourself up. So here's the thing. Like, I have a pocket knife that I right. bring with me everywhere. Uh-huh. So I, you know, I have a like a little Swiss Army knife, and uh-huh. I have a can opener. Yeah. That's on my keychain. I'll take a picture of it and I'll send it. It'll switch so we can post it. It never gets confiscated on, on anywhere. Yeah. I made the mistake of entering a congressional office building once. And this was after I'd been there for years. So I was not a newbie. I knew better. But I accidentally had a pocket knife in my briefcase. And like, like, what, so, like what kind of pocket knife? Like were we talking like... Hmm. Because you guys in the South, you, we say pocket knife, and it's like it's like a switchblade. So right, you it know, was you not are- it, it was not a switchblade. It was more a collectible knife that I used to keep in the car, but we had just traded in and got a new car. And when you do that, right, you just swap all your belongings from one car to the next. And I would just jump, you know, you just drop stuff in the nearest bag, and then move. And then I'd never cleared out my briefcase from that transition over the weekend. So no, I still know, had this pocket knife and it's collectible. What is a collect? What are you talking about? A collectible? It was it. I can't like a, I don't know. Was a collectible knife. Did yeah. yeah no, no, it's a good question. So some of the, so like my, I had a couple grandfathers and like an uncle who used to buy those like collectible American coins that they'd sell. Uh, okay. And I sometimes in that environment, sometimes the products that they sell in yeah, that, yeah. they're like, they're like, Fancy little pocket knives. Yeah, my, buddy mine, has a, my buddy has a knife that he won't use that has like an, an eagle with a flag on it. Right. Well, mine didn't have an eagle with a flag on it, but mine does have a Statue of Liberty on the handle. Okay. It's like a metal engraved or, you know, embossed some kind of, it's probably just something that's affixed to the handle. But it has the Statue of Liberty, which, of course, <laughs> carrying it into a congressional building, <laughs> I thought was ironic. Yeah. Well, they okay. so they saw it, and of course, it went through the scanner. I'm oblivious, and uh, you know, Capitol Police are like, "Um, sir, do you have a knife in your bag?" And I was like, "No, I don't." I, oh no, mm. <laughs> it was that kind of moment. But they graciously, my my meeting was like right around the corner from security and they kind of knew where I was going. And I guess I seemed to know what I was talking about. I was like, you can take it. Like I do not, <laughs> I was like, what do I need to do to make this right? <laughs> not get arrested. Did they hold on to it? No, they let, it let you no, through. They let me through. Jeez. Well, right. I mean, I, I, and it's, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not like a switchblade, but it's like a three inch blade. It could do it some damage. Never, it would never, never in a million happen. Years happen to me. I don't think. Right. What do you think? <laughs> I, They'd probably toss well, you out on your ear or at least yeah, they, confiscate they, it. You'd never get that. Yeah, they would confiscate it. They'd be like, sir, let me just tell you, you know, and I could be like, oh, well, I have this idea, I have that. And be like, no, let me just tell you, you know, they'd be like, well, we're not, because they also don't like to take they take custody of things. Right. So sure. they, they make you throw it out. Right. And then that's the ML. I'm so yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I mean, yeah. I, I those, don't those are my real... Those are my DC checkpoint stories. They're yeah. know, pretty minor. I'm, yeah, I, I really don't have any big issues with the DC checkpoints. I mean, I have. But I got for the record, I got through with a pocket knife, but not a banana. Which, well, <laughs> I mean, I can, 
My my I try not to get in place. I'm not get trying to get gain access, and I get stopped. So right. I've been stopped by Secret Service, at least. I would say, it used to be fifty percent of the time. Now it's it, it well in the latter years, but it was a lot less, maybe twenty percent of the time. But about fifty percent of the time, crossing the White House. Yeah, yeah, like just walking past it, um, not going to a meeting, not doing anything, and they would you know they would they would come up to me and st- do something. I was. I actually was late to an event because it was raining uh-huh. and right near the White House, there's the, it's like the, it's like the, uh, like the, the, uh, like the society for the White House or whatever it is. Uh-huh. And they have events there. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's an mm-hmm. event space there. No, and uh, it's, it's, it's just to, if you're looking at the White House, just to the right of, um, of uh, Lafayette Square. And I was on my way, it was raining and I, right near where that venue is. I was in. I was standing in an overhang, but I was in cultural clothes, and it was one of those like sort of two-way glass things where the, uh, you couldn't see in, but they could see out. Uh-huh. And the secret service comes out and they said, "Why are you standing here?" I go, well, "It's it, it's raining," and they're like, "Are you you know do you have a reason to be here?" I go, "Yeah, it's, it's a sidewalk. It's a sidewalk and it's raining," and that that was it. That's all I needed to hear. You know, they're like, um, "You know what what's your business? What's going on?" I'm like, "I'm just going to walk away." They're like, "No, you're not walking away." What's yeah. uh, you know, and then before I know it, I had three or four guys and then they, they were, I was like, okay, you're going to bring me in and you're going to question me. Okay. And, and they, you know, I was just going to an event and, yeah. uh, and they had, they were hassling me. So, but I wasn't trying to get anything in, but you know, of course I was dressed in cultural clothes. So, yeah. you know, they were excited. They were like, this might be the guy that, <laughs> we, that, we got that, one. <laughs> that, that, that started, started terrorism, you know, cause we're yeah. going to be heroes. We're going to get the medal. Um, so you know, and as somebody who fights terrorism all the time, it's I always find that funny that they that that law, that law enforcement is you know they they that they think it's that easy. That's sensitized to the garb. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it just doesn't work that way. You know, so. Um, but anyways, I, you know, I, we got we I don't know, we got some stuff to talk about. We got about. some stuff to talk about. I, I like these rabbit trails, but no, uh, we got to get on our main our main topic. I, I know I've got some burning desires about. Phrases that are used in evangelical circles. To, okay. To, to, you know, so, give, so we got. Give that me one. one. Give me one. This has been burning in your pocket for a while. Well, you guys are obsessed with yokes. Let's just start with that. And there's two different types. <laughs> two different right? types of yokes. Uh-huh. So, at least as far as I know, in evangelical circles, one is the yoke that's part of the egg. Uh huh. And the other one is the yoke that's surround that's around the animal's neck. Correct. Typically for uh, beasts of burden. Plowing fields or hauling heavy loads. Right. So if you keeps if two, anybody, a, yoke, yeah. a, a yoke keeps two animals together. Well, if anybody has been married or is married right now, then you understand the yoke situation. So at least, uh, at least within the Christian circles, yes, they're familiar yes, with yeah. that metaphor. Yeah. Well, I was I was making a joke about how you know oppressed piece of burden you are I mean, as a you know as as, as a man in, in a marriage you know, but it's <laughs> okay. I am not. <laughs> you're like, oh, that's not happening. You know, that did not happen because Crystal listens, right? That's right. <laughs> Sometimes, when she has to. <laughs> when she has to. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so, you know. You know yeah, and the, the other oak is tasty but high in cholesterol for those of us who are trying to be is it, heart healthy. Is it, is it high in cholesterol? Because It is, it, it is it's, high it's, in it's animal good. cholesterol. It is high in food cholesterol. Yeah. So it's bad. That's bad cholesterol. Well, it's debatable. But yes, it's high in cholesterol. All right. So, I mean, because we, so I guess it's people, people eat egg whites, you know, people eat, on the yeah, show. people eat egg whites to be uh, marginally more healthy. 
Okay. All right. So anyway, you would white guy? Two yolks. I, I'm a both and guy. I'm, I'm not opposed to egg whites. I eat egg whites frequently. Sometimes I'll do one egg with uh, complemented by another egg's worth of egg whites. That's kind of my thing. So, I mean, I, so I, I've switched to pancakes, but that's my thing now. I'm like, that's, <laughs> and I, I, and I'm that guy. I'm the we, guy who brings his own, his own uh, maple syrup. Nice. Well, I assume you uh, have access to, to quality maple syrup up in North, upstate. Listen, here's is, the is, is, up, is upstate. I mean, I know, you know, like Vermont and, and that area is, is known for it. Is upstate New York have its own uh, decent maple first, first, okay. selection? You've heard, we have the best maple syrup on the planet. That's best. Not the, let's just start. All right. The Vermonters like to claim that they do, uh-huh. but it's 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 a fallacy. And and you want to know what? They really, you know, I'm not sure that they're that that the revenue from their maple syrup goes to terrorists. So you don't <laughs> want to support the terrorists. So <laughs> the Canadians are our biggest competitor. You know, they're because okay. they are always claiming stuff. But it's Canada, so we're not really worried about them being a competitor. But they do right. claim a lot that they have maple syrup, and they do have a nice sort of second and third grade maple syrup. Okay. New York, the New York maple syrup, it's great. But you want to know why? Because not only is it delicious, not only is it from, you know, the Catskill and Adirondack Mountains and the the Hudson Valley, but it's also imbued with the the, the history of our country. Uh-huh. See the American Revolution, French and Indian War. Uh-huh. Uh You know. The, the, the founding founding uh, components of our country, original 13 colonies, it's all happening yeah. here. So you're saying the maple trees up there have seen some action. They've seen some um, historic American action. If you want to be, uh, get, you know, get a few points on your IQ, meaning that you want it to increase, <laughs> New York maple syrup is the way to go. Uh-huh. You know, if you want to, if you want to use, if you want to taste a piece of history, just a little bit, it'll taste New York maple syrup, you know, so... Well, we, we, we've diverged again into breakfast foods, um, but w- w- what about the other kind of yolk? What was the question that you there had? Wasn't a, so it wasn't what, a question. What's the phrase? What's the phrase? So the girl's Christian, right? And, and so, so what, what, kind the, of, what kind of Christian? Can you say that? Uh, what's, well, the, what's her expression? Or, or can you say? Well, I would say, I, I would say um, right now, like general Christian, you know what I mean? So that's what I would say right now, okay. because I, I, I think we commit, there might be a little bit of an issue of what's fair what enough kind of Christian. So, um, so let's just say, you know, I, uh, you know, it had, had, has dealt with the dark arts as you guys can, you know, you know, Catholicism and orthodoxy and that sort of thing, okay. you know, it's, as is, has worked within the, 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 the Protestant community. Um, and, and is probably closer to a more freer sort of expression uh, in, in that in the product in Protestantism okay. Protestantism. Um, so um, but but not not a terrible, you know, terribly, you know, uh, is more of a, uh, a critical thinker, I think, in the Christian okay. world. I think that's what I that's how I, I, I so critical maybe, Christian thinker. Yeah. Not maybe not not terribly, say, uh, dogmatic, maybe. I would say about identity and community, not so much on theology. Okay. All right. That's how I would characterize it. All right. Right now. Okay. So been interacting with different communities and getting getting comments from the Christian community and particularly the evangelical community about these yokes. Uh-huh. And they and they tell you Dir- what? Directly related to me. Okay. So first one was about how the yokes uh, it's the uneven yoke 
something about the uneven yoke. And so, I, uh, you know, and, and that's really bad. As if she's carrying the heavy load because she's Christian and I'm uh-huh. all of a sudden sitting here with, I, I, you know, the, 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 I'm not doing anything, you know? Right. So I, is that, least, is that how it was communicated to you? It was, it was, uh, it was communicated as if it was the uneven yoke. Right. So, and I didn't know what it meant until you explained it to me. Uh huh. So what does it mean? Let's start with that. Yeah. So there is a passage in second Corinthians. This is a letter of, <clears throat> this is a letter of apostle Paul to the church in Corinth. One of the, one of two letters he wrote, and there's a there's a verse in there that says, "Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness?" It's two Corinthians six fourteen, right? That's right. Two Corinthians six fourteen and surrounding verses. So it's right. a letter from Paul being written to a church in Corinth, which obviously would be. Uh, a church that's a, a religious and cultural minority predominantly in that era, in that first century. And so uh, what's, what is popular or, or pretty very common within Christian circles, certainly Protestant circles, and I, I would say Catholic circles, uh, is that this is one of many verses that, that they use to um, discourage what you might call interfaith marriage or not even interfaith marriage, but people who are um, not um, believers in Jesus the way, the way we are. It's kind of a source of, of the comment that you got and uh, great typical, pictures online. The typical great pictures online about yeah. this. Um, There's great pictures online about this. I like, <laughs> like, lots, lots, of saying, o- lots of oxen with uh, no, but there's ones wood like, yokes across their backs. Right. But there's like, you know, there's, there's, there's like a Muslim and a Christian, a Jew and a so-and-so. Then there's, I mean, first of all, terrible, terrible phrase doesn't cover anything. Let me just start with that. What does it mean it doesn't cover anything? In what way is it uneven yoked? First of all, what kind of hubris do you have? Were you going to say, because you're Christian, you're carrying a heavier load? But that's, not, that's, not, that. that's not so much what it, that's not the meaning that I think typically is used. It's uh, the, the metaphor of it is you have two animals uh, that are different, uh, different size, different shape. You know, if you put an oxen paired with a sheep, uh, you would get drastically different results if you're trying to plow a field in a straight line. It's not it's not so much the burden uh, weight on one or the other. It's that they would be going in different directions. Um, and so spiritually speaking, the, the takeaway is that um, being unequally yoked with somebody means you are um, spiritually speaking, at least, uh, and certainly and presumably practically speaking, headed in different directions than you otherwise would be if you were equally yoked, so to speak. So that's the metaphor. It's, different, it's not so much a burden one over the other. Does that make sense? I mean, it does make sense what you try. I mean, I mean, first of all, like I said, great. Because <laughs> I get this metaphor. It just doesn't cover a lot. First of all, let's just start with, you know, people need to stop. You, you guys have this whole things about casting stones, right? We have this whole thing about casting stones. So uh-huh. and judging. First of all, it's a terribly judgy thing to say, if you don't, whether you do or don't know anything about me. Let's just start with that. Uh-huh. That's number one. Number two is. Again, it, I think it's the, the fact that how do you know we're not going in the right direction? Like how, in what way, just because we're different faiths, we're Abrahamic, right. if, if anything. So 
And you you know that I swim in the multi faith waters. I come from a multi faith family. You know, I got, you know, I I don't let on a, a lot to, to, so it's to a, my. It's a it's a common phenomenon in your experience and family. It's a common phenomenon to have kind of interfaith, uh, kind of a multi faith family, right? I I but I think it's a I think mul, I think different faiths are dating all the time. I mean, let's you know, I'm not I'm not spearheading the multi faith dating situation. Right. I mean, let's I mean, come on. I mean, so that's number one. All right. And you're not going to launch a dating site that's uh, designed around interfaith relationships. No, I mean, I, I, I mean, I think here's the thing. It's, I mean, isn't that just a regular dating site? I don't know. Pin dates. Yeah. I mean, I, well, I mean, I always say dates.com. You heard it here. Dates.com. You know, so I think you're one stop shop, whatever you, you need. If you've got, if your yoke is weak, if your yoke is, Depending on what yoke you want, maybe we should just be a different yoke you pick, and maybe some people want to carry a heavier load. Um, so, um, but I, I think that you know matters between men and women. You know, uh, always. You know, they always. It's who knows what happens between people. You know, so um, it's always a, a, a strange and treacherous road. So, yeah. um, and it can be very rewarding, which is why we all do it. We all keep trying. You know, like fools. So, um, but uh, in this case, I was like. It, it, it comes on the heels of another yoke comment, the yoke about the – what's the other one about the eggs? The other one about the eggs? So one is the yoke about the beasts of burden. The other one is right. about the eggs yoke, the egg yolks. The, yeah. They're oh, yolks of not the same – what's the other one? I don't know of another one. Is there another one? Does There's it actually have to do with eggs? Yeah, it's called equally yoked – so I don't. So that's, all right, well, that's not. I don't know. I don't have a scriptural reference for that one. The only one I know I'm aware of is the is the is the beast of burden metaphor. Is there? But there's one about eggs that's used in that's used frequently, frequently in uh, in religious contexts. Okay. And I guess it's I guess it's the same. Maybe it's the same thing about the equal yoke, unequal yoke, but it's about eggs. I don't doubt that it's somewhere in religious uh, lore, but I don't think that's a. Bible or an explicitly Christian thing. Take my yoke upon, take, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Yeah. For I am the gentle, blah, 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 blah. So there's, sure. there's, so there's this, just put, put in Bible versus eggs, you know? That's not so talking like, about a, an egg yoke either. That's a, that's about a, a beast of burden yoke. Is it? Yeah. Take my, I, take my yoke upon you. It's the burden is light. It has nothing to do with eggs. Okay, so here let's so let's do that. So let's look. At the, well, I'm just going by what was said to me. So let's go to Corinthians. So Corinthians says it's this. It's this. Uh, don't be un, unequally yoked with un, unbelievers. Uh-huh. Okay, define unbeliever. Well, someone who doesn't uh, share in salvific belief in in Jesus of Nazareth. So who wrote who wrote this? Paul. Who wrote this? Paul. Oh, okay. okay, so now we're. Going down, we're going down. So you're going to you're gonna, you're going to dispense with the whole book anyway because it's written by Paul. But that's well, where he's making from. stuff up. The guy, <laughs> he's not making stuff up. If Jesus appeared right now, he'd be speaking uh, Aramaic. He'd he, you'd, he'd you'd say, "Meet me for services." You'd show up on Sunday. He'd be at the Friday the Friday. Uh, he'd be fri- working Friday. He'd be at Friday night at the temple because he's a Jewish rabbi. Sure. And he'd be, and then he'd say, "Paul, Paul, who?" So, so anyway, we don't. Yeah. I don't think that's the case, of course. But this is well, this is why we talk about religion, right? And think we just, disagree I'm with. just be honest. I mean, the guy never met Jesus, uh, you know, and then says he did, and then he was he was called back by brother by the brother of Jesus, who was governing the Jesus the Jewish Jesus movement 
for 70 years before he got beheaded. And he was called back to reaffirm his adherence to Abrahamic law. And he Example. was supposed to. What, what are you, what are you talking about? Give, give us context on that. So, so what? Okay. So, so D- Jesus gets crucified. Right. The Jewish Jesus, the center of Judaism is, is, is Israel and, and uh, Jerusalem. Uh-huh. So, and, and in 70 thereabouts, when the Romans come, Jerusalem is destroyed. Israel ceases to be, and the Jewish faith faith ceases to be uh, centered around Jerusalem, and it becomes a rabbinic faith, right. you know, a faith that relies on rabbis floating around. And it's dispersed, right. decentralized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I think they, yeah, they disperse the tribes or whatever. So, but before the Romans, the Romans, James the Just, the brother of Jesus, is governing the post-Jesus evolution and it's part of governed within the Sanhedrin you know the Jewish governing body by James and they agree with Paul and say Paul you know go go and go and convert the Gentiles that's that's go talk to them about the word as you would say right mm-hmm. and he does but he's called back at, at two times I don't know if I think it's three total to reaffirm his his adherence to Abrahamic law as a Jew. Okay. And, 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 your, uh, and what's your account of that? <laughs> I gotta, I gotta pull it up now. All right. All right. So, so at Acts 21, 18, the next day Paul went into us, blah, 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 following down with Paul and James with the elders. So it's, uh, it's, it's Acts 21, 18. All right. So, and, and thereabouts. And then there's, there's, there's another one. There's a couple other things going on here. So, um, Paul confronts Peter, uh, who had opposed him. I don't know, that's Galatians somewhere, if thereabouts. And then, but, uh, but, so, so the challenge is he gets called back. I mean, I know you guys like to sort of, sort of reference things. This is all Googleable. So, sure. It, you, you know, so he gets called back to reaffirm his connection to the Abrahamic law, which is, which, which is the Torah, right? And so, um, but we have this this transition that's governed. After James disappears, after James gets his beheaded and, and the center ceases to be Jerusalem, Paul is free to do whatever he wants, right? And as my, my, my very good Orthodox friend says, you know, there's only one Paul and Pauline doctrine is Pauline doctrine, right? So, and, and I get that. I'm not, I'm not disputing that. I'm just saying, you know, you know we're, we're, we've got multiple books here. We've got all kinds of morals, lessons, values. We've got Jesus who's 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 instituting a social movement, right? It's a social revolution, and he's um, among being other inclusive. Things. Yeah, but he's being inclusive, and then people like to pull out this yoke business and say, "Well, if you're not Christian, then somehow you know it's un- you're unevenly yoked," which is a pejor- is 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 pejorative language. It's basically saying somehow. You know, you're you're less of a person if you're not if you're not believing what these people are quoting. And here's the thing: it's like I don't think that's what's in, I don't think that's what's intended to communicate. I, I just gotta be honest with you. It's are you telling me it's not an insult? No, is that what you're saying? No, it's it's counsel towards one particular group of faith on how to sustain their faith and how to be faithful with one another. So the Nazis, and, when they were saying kill, kill the Jews, was just giving counsel. 
That's what you're saying. But <laughs> you, I mean, I'm just like, okay, okay, I mean, really, okay, I Mr. Mean, Hyperbole. No, well, look, but it's the same thing with the Indians, you know, the American Indians. It's like, well, you know, they're they're not, they're not religious, so boom, you know, like it, it, they're not following the same religion. It, here, here's the thing: you can't get from not do not be equally yoked to mass casualties and genocide. So here, so okay, we here. I'm, I'm gonna and, we're and, gonna go down. And I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw another flag on the play. You, yeah. you you said earlier Jesus was uh, preaching something some kind of inclusivity. I would argue from the Gospels that's actually not what he was doing. It was being rather exclusive. But continue. How can you drop that? He's saying everybody <laughs> can come along. He's he's basically destroying the control that the that the um, um, the, the 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 Jewish what are they called the uh, the high priests have over. You know, I mean, that's what over the over the people, this 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 bureaucracy with the money changers, you got to get you got to change your money for special money for the temple to buy uh-huh. the offering and do all that stuff. But he was doing it all in the context of Judaism, bud. Right. That's what I'm I, saying. He wasn't doing it in the context of something that was extraordinarily made up by a guy who used to be a bounty hunter. <laughs> and then after and then gets called back to reaffirm his adherence to the Jewish faith. And then once, once Jerusalem ceases to be, he's like, okay, we, now we, it's just me. It's just me and the boys. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, you're, you're, you're telling me it was an, ex, it was an exclusive. It was, it wasn't inclusive what Jesus was doing. You gotta, you gotta, we gotta walk down that, I guess. A little it was bit, a, but it was an inclusive invitation, but it was not, it was not something that was like, I mean, it's inclusive in that, he was extending the invite predominantly through Paul and the apostles to the world, regardless of race, tribe, creed, nation. But it, it wasn't, it wasn't any kind of, uh, pluralism as far as, uh, eternal salvation. Right. I mean, you know, you don't, so you don't think it's an insult then? No. You think, to say, you know, to say unequally yoked, unholy matrimony, not going to happen. What do you, how do you explain evangelicals that marry somebody out of their faith to convert them? Which is something you guys do. Sure. We're an evangelistic people. It's the whole point of evangelical. I just don't. I, just, I, I, I think that you guys like the, the, the exclusivity of your group. It, it, I don't think it works. This is the problem. But, but every, like, every, every group is, is exclusive. I, I mean, to a certain degree, I think so. But I just think, you know, this, if you're, so you, I go to an evangelical ceremony and everybody uh-huh. talks about, you know, how everybody's welcome and all this other stuff. But then if you're going to welcome me and then start shooting barbs, that's not, that's not, that's not cool, man. Right. Well, it's, you it, know? it's different. Uh, I'll, I'll demarcate between uh, the scripture that we believe is inspired and accurate and, and true versus, say, the misappropriation or the misuse uh, or scripture taken out of context. That certainly does happen. Or, I mean, or, even, I mean, poorly, or even poorly used. And, and it happens in all religious communities and all right. faith communities. I'm not, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, you know, throwing stones at you saying, oh, Muslims are, I mean, forget about it. I can't, I, I, I did a Muslim woman for, I don't know, uh, you know, six months, seven months. And it, it didn't work out because we were right. uh, yoked 
uh, essentially, we, you know, it was, um, it was, there was, uh, it was too much. We just, we, we weren't, we weren't on, on the same path, period. You know, we weren't on the same page, you know, right. and, and, you know, when you're dating, you know, it's, it's dinners and going out and doing things and, you, you know, chaperone this and so on, so that, and all uh-huh. this respectful, this, that, whatever it is. But the fact of the matter is, is like, it, it just, it was, it was, uh, I, I can say, yeah, I get the unequally yoked thing because not because of religion, just because we're at different places in our life where, you know, we don't have the same ideas of what it means to be together or what it means to build a life and all those other things. Right. Yeah. And that's pretty reasonable. But I think it's kind of arbitrary to say, well, they're not Christian. So it's unevenly yoked. Yeah. I think it's kind of I, th- I think it's number one arbitrary. And I think it's it's a little bit there's a lot of a little bit. There's a lot of hubris in saying that. Whereas, so like my, like father, John, remember we, he was on our thing. Uh-huh. We talk about Pauline doctrine all the time. And he, right. I mean, I would say emphatically disagrees with me on such a level. Right. And it's, <laughs> it, 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 I, I'm like, I know that he can't like, he, you know, he's so it's, I mean, Pauline doctrine is the basis, right. Of, 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 of a really all the Christian faith that exists right now. Yeah. But that he believes, you know, Eastern Orthodox have a wonderful, wonderful concept called the dignity of the human being, um, the human person. And that mm-hmm. means that his job we, we is, that. okay, um, you know, like, you know so, is that he's not, he like, he doesn't, he doesn't fire barbs like that. I mean, he'll turn around and he'll be like, look, let's, it's his job to get closer to me and mm-hmm. his job to spend, to, you know, and we have a friendship either, you know, on top of that, that spans, you know, time and space and all kinds of other good stuff. Sure. So the thing is, is like, you know, I think you can easily go start referencing things in books and start saying things aren't as, but when it comes to dignity of human person, then every person on the planet deserves not only a certain amount of respect, but not to be, try to be intimidated or made fun of by using the Bible. And that's, that's where I feel like sure. these phrases come from, and it's like, and and the use of these phrases, and it's, it's like, I'll, I'll, let me put it this way: it's like, it's like, let me let me let me give you like a, a a better way of saying it. It's like saying to my girl, "That guy's a jerk." Uh huh. That's what that's what it's that's what that phrase that's what that metaphor means in the in the in the in in present day, and and if you take it, there's no other way to take it somehow she's she shouldn't be with me because I'm of a different faith and that's just a terrible thing to say and it's just if if you don't have any kind of you don't have any kind of a uh, sense of who I am or what we're doing or who we yeah. are uh-huh. and we were both offended it wasn't now my are, girl was more offended than me are, are these people who know you well uh no or know or know her well uh they know her yeah uh-huh yeah. So, so it, it's a little, it's a little, it's a little disturbing. Yeah. I mean, should so, we yeah, be talking? Are yeah. we unevenly yoked? It's, it's plausible that some people in the Christian faith might consider me collaborating with you as being unequally yoked. That's what I was going to ask. Cause, that, cause that, that's the, that's the caution here too, is that that scripture, um, while it makes sense to, and there are other, you know, the general. I would argue the general understanding of marriage in the Christian context, uh, not the the application of what we're talking about being unequally yoked, makes a lot of sense. Um, we can get, theologically speaking, it makes a lot of sense to me. At the same time, I can also read the text and recognize it's not explicitly talking about marriage in those verses. 
before or after. Right. Um, so there's a little bit of an interpretation caution there um, that it's not explicitly about marriage. It has application in, probably in a lot of relationships, um, but uh, it is it is a it is a note there worth worth flagging that um, he's it, there are other passages where uh, Paul is explicitly talking about marriage um, and it's not not around that second Corinthians um, six passage. Yeah, I mean, like, I just think, you know, my my initial phrase as in New Yorker was great, great phrase really covers a lot. You know, that was my phrase. I was like, I was like, you guys are you know, encapsulated a lot. I get it. You know, so kind of did you kind of feel like it was a dri- drive by evangelism? Well, you know, this is but then I or, quoted you. I or, quoted you on this or one. Span- said, oh, oh, no. This, this is the thing. I said, well. You know, if you're going to evangel- evangelize me, then uh-huh. you should confront me face to face and take responsibility for whatever it is that you're saying. But sure. that's not what happened. It was like from a friend to a friend, you know, to the to the girl, you know, that was how it went. Uh-huh. So it went, it went that way. And, you know, and so it's just look, it happens. Look, I can I'll speak directly about. So I, I, I dated a Sunni for about six months and. Uh-huh. And, and and it wasn't because she was Sunni. I mean, we had I think we talked about it before. We we had a, a, a huge huge conversation about ISIS, and it was right. Yeah, yeah, you, you remember that? Yeah. Well, because there's <laughs> so uh, Muhammad, uh, uh, peace be upon him, his family said that you can't judge. It's in the Hadith, which are sayings. So you have the Quran, you have the Sunnah, which is how the Prophet lived, and then you have the Hadith, which are sayings. And so he said, you know, you can't judge. Essentially, you can't judge uh, other 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 Muslims, right? You, you you know, that's between Allah and, and the Muslim. The problem is, is we have these things called maxims, and if you violate the maxims, then you do. You cease to be Muslim. You're not Muslim anymore. Uh-huh. So you for so you can't declare jihad and then not adhere to the rules of jihad. Right. You can't just start killing people and and be a serial killer and still say, oh, I'm Muslim. It just because you pray. It's just like, you know, being in the clan or whatever it is, you know, it's some doing something you can't, you know, there's, there's a point where look, the 10 commandments mean something. Don't do they not? Yeah. So, so, you know, and, and crisis is a crisis. Uh, you, you can't perpetrate uh, all, all these violations of, of doctrine because there's a reason yeah. why the doctrine exists. Right. And I think we're both in agreement with this, right? Right. So, well, and, and and related to jihad, I mean, in Christian circles, we have something called just war theory or just war theology, and that there it's a it's a rubric through which use of deadly force can and cannot be used, and there's there are points that justify, say, the beginning of a war, um, but you can't use just war theory, or it would be unethical to use just war theory to justify. The engagement of hostilities, but then not also follow the application, the ethical application within the war of of which there are many, right? So, right. so you you can't you know you can't use one without the other and say you are flying under the just war flag. You have to uh, abide by the whole package. Well, and here's the thing: I, I think I'm just going to say it. I judge. Right. So, so, but you were just like, say, you were just telling me a minute ago that our passages, our scripture was uh, was being judgmental. That's only because you guys claim <laughs> that you're not judgy. So that's the problem. <laughs> okay. So, so I, I me, I, like I'm a New Yorker. I'm a cynical optimist. I judge. I'm left and right. I'm passing out judge. And the and the 
you know, and and like I said, it's that's that's my own that's my own thing. But and in the within the community, but if you're within the community, there's all kinds of judgments. But I'm not going to say, all right, he's Muslim, he's not Muslim, unless he's violating a maxim. I have guidelines, right? Uh-huh. I have you know guidelines that say to me, just like you guys do, and we're all in adherence to the same stuff, you know. So yeah, as as an Abrahamic faith, we basically have all the same rules, more or less. Okay, we've okay. got this whole thing about about uh, about the crucifixion. Hey. So here's a question for you. Uh-huh. Did who carried the cross for Jesus? Was it Simon? Simon the guy? Yes. So so I, I was I, so Simon carried the cross for a little while? Yes. And so so my my friend was telling me was we were ch- chatting about this, and then he says, Oh, and that's when they switched him. I go, what? Because that's what they switched him, wasn't Jesus. I go, what? what, 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 what? I, go, I go, where did this rumor come from? Uh-huh. So I go, because, and I I mean, maybe vaguely heard about it, at, like, back in the day. Uh-huh. So, I, I mean, I, so, <laughs> so. I, now, is he, was he drawing so, from some kind of ancient claim, or is he speculating uh, because of the Islamic understanding that, that Jesus did not actually die on the cross? Is he speculating there? He He was saying it to me. As if, like, you know, that it's it's completely plausible, the Muslim situation. And I go, like I said, look, I said, I vaguely remember it. You know, like, so there's, you know, there's three sort of theories. We talked about this in Islam. So, because in Islam, once you die, you die. Okay. You know, this is essentially the problem with, with the crucifixion. So, once you die, you die. So, right. Hazadisa, and, Jesus. And, and more than you die, your lineage dies, right? Your blood yeah, it's all done. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so you, so the challenge is, we had this whole conversation about lineage that you want, we should have again one of these days. Um, the challenge is, once you die, you die. So, Azadisa was still ascended to heaven, but he's sitting there waiting to the end of days to come back on the and 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 you know, like I said, open up a can on the angel, the uh, the Antichrist. He's, he's and he's supposed to come back with the Mahdi to do that, uh-huh. which is another guy, right? So. The question is, so this person, so this person threw this at me, and I go, well, in Islam, he either ascended and it was the likeness of Jesus, or there was a uh-huh. uh, he didn't he didn't he didn't really die on the cross. It wasn't it, it the, the the godliness the, the 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 prophetness of him ascended to heaven, disappeared, and then you know they, this this guy this guy was telling me, oh, you know, yeah, Simon, it, it definitely it was you know it's probable that it happened when Simon took the cross. And I go, I go, okay. I said, well, I know there was this whole moment where he 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 hauled the cross away. So what was Jesus doing at that time? He was he was walking the Via della Rosa. Well, I know, of but so there was crucified. Must have been a lot so of witnesses. He had, he had been there. Yeah, lots of witnesses. And, he had been tortured, and then and he fell. I know the cat of nine tails and the whole bit. Yeah. But the thing is, is and I'm not trying to devalue that. I'm just saying. Sure. So, but there, you know, there, there was, there was, I mean, people that are watching them, there are people that are doing all kinds of stuff. You know, it's, it's, uh, where, you know, I mean, is this something that you guys debate and say, or do you guys just say, no, it didn't happen that way? There's no way that that could have happened. And these, or do you say, you want to know what? This is a rumor. And, and let me tell you why this, this, it, it, there wasn't a switcheroo because he was seen for 40 days afterwards. Right. Right. Resurrected. First, first by women in the garden, or not, not in the garden. First by women in the, at the tomb. At the tomb, yeah. That's, that, yeah that, the, the door was open. Yeah. So. And they ran and told told the uh, apostles who were in hiding. Right. They were all. Yeah. How, how terrible is that? You know. 
they were all they were all like, all right, that's it. We're going back to being yeah. fishermen, right. carpenters. You know, like we're out. It's terrible. It's terrible. Okay, yeah. so, so so one one of the relevant passages I think it's mentioned three times, but uh, Luke twenty three twenty six is the Simon of Cyrene uh, passage. As as soldiers led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country, and put the cross on him, made it carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned to them, daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, weep for yourselves and for your children, for the time will come when you say, blessed are the childless women, the wombs that never bore, and the breasts that never nursed. Then... They will say to the mountains, fall on us, and to the hills, cover us, which is an Old Testament allusion for if people do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it's dry, unquote. And then it goes back to narrative. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place of the skull, they crucified him there. So it does not mention, at least in Acts, um, a transition of a cross either back to Jesus or off of Simon, but they crucified, it, it goes, moves t- from the carrying of the cross to Jesus talking to the women behind him to crucifixion. So this is where, the, this is where this whole thing about, you know, he could have, he, he could, it, it could have been a switcheroo and somebody else could have gotten in on the cross. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying this yeah, sure. I'm just, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is, this was, that's, it that's was a theory in, in, interjected in the text. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I, I can't make a judgment, you know, right. I, I wasn't there, but I mean, and I'm not, and I've, and even though I judge, I'm just going to say, I, I have no idea, but he was saying it as a way to endear me. And I just, and then I went to this whole conversation that you and I had about, look, here's the problem is that in, in, in Islam, the problem is bloodlines are so important, right? They're, they're extremely important because it's, it's essential to the, to the survival of the family line name and the tribe. Right. So, you know, there's actually there's actually a ritual in where so where where we're from in Kamdesh, Norwest uh, 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 called Nuristan province, to when someone marries into the tribe, there's actually a, a ritual that is the same thing as like a transubstantiation. Okay. So so when you uh, because so. Uh, let's just say I, I, let's just say you want to become my brother okay and and we are we are close I I can do we can do a ritual and it's not it's not this big thing it's not like bloodletting or anything but you do this ritual and at the and and your blood actually turns to Pana blood okay and you actually become part of the tribe all right and you take the name and then you are Matthew Pana and then you're that you're 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 you are seen as a member of the family and tribe period. Okay. Period. Yeah. Because your blood is turned to Pana. Okay. So that's, that's, that's kind of how it goes. Yeah. You know? Um, and so it's, it's an example, I think of how important blood is the idea of lineage, which is very different in Christianity. It's not different though from where you're from in the south because you guys have all your families and uh-huh. you know he's kin. You guys use all that stuff, right? Yeah. So, you know it. You know it, it's you, you. You guys have feuds between families. It's the same thing in Islam. It's the same thing in in um, you know it, when it comes to tribal cultures. Uh-huh. It's so important that that the bloodline is continues, and so 
I think that that transcends into the, the thought process when it comes to how the prophet described the crucifixion. Because uh-huh. it's so important to, to all the cultures that were being socialized with this, this new Abrahamic faith, yeah. you know? Um, and so, um, I mean, I'm right now I'm working on, I'm working on this whole theory that I have about Islam and, 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 and Jewish Christianity, uh-huh. but, uh, I, I, you, do you want to hear it? Well, I think you ought to tease it and leave it there because we're out okay. of time. Are we out of time? We're out of time, man. Leave it. I don't believe it. You know, this, this is an We're going to talk about your theory. No, no, we'll talk about it next time. Um, would you have any questions for me? I don't want you to leave with any burning desires. I don't want the, you know, I don't want you to be, you know, yoking it up and then yeah, yeah. running a circle. No, no. Well, we touched on it just a little bit, but in one of our next uh, one-on-one conversations, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, what I referred to as drive-by evangelism or uh, spam evangelism that I know you have experienced recently uh, beyond the unequally yoked thing. So you got some documents in the mail. And uh, so we want to tease that up and uh, and talk about what, what you received and uh, uh, what that experience was like. And then, you know, uh, I can provide a little bit of a translation from within Christian circles about what I think about where that comes from and then and then what I think about it. So we'll All leave right, it there. So We're going to leave it very vague. So, yeah, we'll leave it very vague. We, we need to have Bobka soon. Yeah, let's do a little bit. Yeah, well, I'm, we're going to try to figure out how to... We can come, I'm gonna come out to Nashville. We'll do a, a double show. As, yeah. uh, you know, we'll, we'll do some recording out there. So we're, we're we're waiting on dates from you and your lady. Yeah, I gotta get you dates. All right, sir. Coming soon. All right. All right. Love you, man. I love you. Bye. This has been Crossing Phase with Matt Hawkins and John Penna, a podcast of Roll Top Productions. If you like what you hear and would like to help defray the cost of the show, consider sponsoring us on Patreon by visiting CrossingPhase.com. Crossing Phase is available on all your favorite podcast outlets, including iTunes, Google Podcast, Overcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and TuneIn. We'd appreciate your review of our program, especially in the iTunes store. Let us know what you think of the show via Twitter, at MTHawk, at JTPinna, or at Crossing Phase. Music for this episode is courtesy Vajra, whose music is available at TheVajraTemple.com, Spotify, iTunes, and Amazon. Show notes for this episode and more are available at crossingfaith.com.